Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. My guest is Dan Rosen, writer, comedian, uh, director, nature lover. What else? Um, Gourmand. I like the French. I thought you were going to go with auteur. <laughs> uh, comedian, I, I, I retired. Former. Former comedian. Retired in 1995. How long did you do stand-up comedy? I did stand-up comedy for 13 years. 13 years. I had my stand-up comedy voice. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for 13 years. Started when I was 17. Which is where we met. In, uh, when um, I was 17? No. No. Because you were 12. <laughs> we met you doing stand-up in uh, Chicago. Chicago. We were working at the same well, place, the question, funny firm. Obviously, I don't, I, there's no reason I would remember meeting you the first time. But <laughs> did I, did, was I like the grand old, was I like Burl Ives? Was I like the grand old comedian? You were the young kid? No. Hungry? Open micer? Well, you weren't old. Coming up to me and... But I've been doing it for... I started when I was very young. Well, I didn't know that. So... You were just another uh, headliner coming through. Headliner, thanks. Yeah, you were headliner. I gave you that. I was headlining? I was, think... Was that you were, that you was were the funny Jew firm. Week. Yeah. But I think I only headlined when they had, like, the, the Christmas week Jewish show where it was just... It was like three Jewish. I did comics. a couple of those. I did. I did a couple of those in Chicago at the Improv in Chicago. They they would call anybody with a Jewish name. Right. Hey, you want to work tonight? And you would just oh and absolutely then, oh nice so it was convenient for you to say you were Jewish then <laughs> yeah I understand Mike's only half Jewish by the way if anyone <laughs> anyone listening obviously his parents are the only one listening so they would know oh oh really come on right out of the box I'm busting just, balls come on mm-hmm. you're talking about anyway back to that magic meeting that first time what what <laughs> advice did I did I did I say someday son you might want to get into this podcast thing and you said <laughs> podcast podcast. Well, I don't even know. There's you not very, even internet uh, yet. You, you had a lot of insight back then. I, you, you saw this whole thing coming, this whole internet, everything. Did, was I working with George Lopez? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the George Lopez story? No. You, was, what, go ahead. Do I mean, tell. Really, well, it is kind of about travel because he's Mexican. So <laughs> yeah. that's, he's from a foreign country, sure. So Lopez gets up there. He, had you ever met Lopez before? No. Were you there when he was at the Funny Firm? No. He, he was a very up-and-coming stand-up comedy star. I was, you know. And uh, I met him and his lovely wife at the hotel. They were per- the Claridge Hotel. Perfect. So we're talking, what, early 90s? Yeah. Okay. 92, probably. Perfectly nice guy. Super nice guy. Um, and a completely non-accented voice. Yeah. Just completely <laughs> non Hello, Dan. Nice to meet you. Yeah, it was exactly like that. And then I see him... I'm coming off stage, and of course I killed. By the way, any any stand-up <laughs> comedy story doesn't matter who it is. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they could be. Yeah, of course. Give me the comic who was on the Titanic. He could be going. <laughs> Look, anyway, we hit the iceberg. I the show right before that killed. <laughs> and and uh, Lopez, I'm coming off the stage. Uh, did I mention I pretty good set? Yeah, you had a good set. Okay. So they're getting you know doing the hey tip your waitress you're doing all the business out of the way before they introduce Lopez. And Lopez is off the side talking to all these uh, Hispanic comics, which apparently Chicago had a lot of them. And he's saying, look, you know, don't be like Paul Rodriguez. Don't use your race as a punchline. you got to get up there. And he's talking just like me. you got to get up there and, and raise, raise the level of the, our race up. You know, make, the, make the jokes. Let them come up to the jokes. Don't, don't throw tortillas out there. Don't make fun of Mexicans. Don't make fun of yourself. Be proud. Ladies and gentlemen, i got to go on stage. But just remember, this is my big thing. Be proud of who you are or whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, George Lopez. He grabs the mics and he literally goes, Hey, I know what you are thinking. What's the valet doing on stage, man? <laughs> George Lopez, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy? Dan Rosen is here. He's been yeah. our guest. Uh, thank you very much for that's it? coming. No, yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> so, originally from Baltimore. Originally from Baltimore. Oh, we're into traveling? Yeah, we're, okay. we're, we're, we're going to bring it Mar- back. I'm going to struggle to uh, bring you back into the Baltimore, folder. Maryland, uh, Charm City. Charm uh, City. Maryland is for crabs. We're very big. <laughs> Do you know that? Yes. Maryland is for crabs. Virginia is for lovers. There was always a hacky mm, local jokes stuff. around that. Is that your opener? <laughs> when I was uh, 14. <laughs> and uh, Baltimore then lived in New York for a bit. Mm-hmm. Commuted between New York and California. Commute, travel. And... Uh, <laughs> Had a great four months there where I was kind of living in Chicago. Remember I was living at the Claridge Hotel for a while? I didn't know you were living there. I was living there for like for free for like two months. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, uh, were, you, were you squatting? Did, did, you, did you not pay your bill or did they just say – did <laughs> no, you, I, I actually, were you cleaning I, the place? I did, uh, I did um, 
I vaguely remember maybe dating the front desk manager for briefly. And his name was? I'm sorry? Ah, come on now. <laughs> and then... See, I did that. I, pl- yeah, I applied you were gay. I That's what, what did. I did right That's comedy, huh? And no then, offense to our gay listeners. Listener, gay if there listener, is one. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I, did, I shot like a training video, which of course was the beginning of my film directing career. A training video? A training for, video. For the hotel? Yeah, it was kind of a how not to... So, like, I would show... Uh, to fold the towels or... Yeah, what? so, like, the phone, like, hey, how, how not to deal with guests. And, like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a line of people waiting, the, the phone's ringing, and, like, the person's at the front desk, like, doing a crossword. Sorry, on a break. You know, like, okay. how not to things. Brilliant. So, when, even though, I mean, we make fun of it now, it was a yeah. training thing, but, I mean, did that give you your first taste of directing going... Hey, this is a little something here I could really get into. This is like my well. The, the only thing I got into was like, oh wow, I can do that and stay for free and in a hotel. live for free in a hotel. Yeah, that was all I wanted to do. <laughs> but then you later went on to direct and uh, your yeah, own films. write movies and uh, and direct. Yes. Okay, so Baltimore, you had a big family. How many kids? Uh, I don't have any children. <laughs> my parents. Oh yeah, yeah. When you were, uh, I was the youngest of four. Youngest of four. Youngest of four. Big family. Yeah, big family. Why? What do you got? Well, I mean, did you were you travelers? Did you pile in no. the station wagon? Did you go we up did and down pile the coast? In the station wagon. We used to go. Yeah, we did. We uh, uh, we went to Ocean City, Maryland. How far was for a drive is that? That's a big trip. That was about three hours. Okay, over the Bay Bridge. Uh, we did a couple big trips. I remember we took the auto train. Oh, I've never that? done that. I've never done that. Fantastic. What? Uh, so you pull your car right on the train. You got to drive to Lorton, Virginia, which is outside of D.C. Mm-hmm. You load the car up. I didn't even sleep. I was so excited. And I used to do uh, <laughs> magic. So there was, a, there was like a magician on board. And then there was a cool uh, conductor guy that I just, he just befriended me. And now I just realized maybe that's where the molestation started. <laughs> uh, no, but it was really friendly. And he used to uh, – he taught me how to walk on a train. You, you, keep, your, you keep your hands up at all times. To oh, bump in case off it the, shifts? Yeah, to bump off that. And uh, he always told me the women's bathrooms were always the filthiest, <laughs> which I was – I'm 10 years old. I thought it was interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also drove down uh, a couple times to Orlando. Okay. I think twice. And I remember the big thing. Do you remember this south of the border? What? I think it was in South Carolina. It was like a, it was like a little town called like south of the border. And it was uh, – I just remember you could buy fireworks there. Okay. <laughs> that was a big deal. We always used to go to those because uh, we used to take the drive from Chicago to Florida all the time. Oh, really? And I remember when we used to hit that. I'm sorry. Uh, is this show about you or me? I'm not, I'm, <laughs> are we talking about you now? Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a so conversation. That. Oh, it's a conversation. I don't know if you know this. Uh, this is something you haven't learned in your life yet. A conversation is two ways. Oh, it's two people. Yes. Okay. It's not always about you. Oh, weird. Were you talking to my <laughs> girlfriend? No? Okay. Yeah. But I remember hitting that, I think it was the Tennessee border, and yeah. nothing but fireworks. Fireworks, fireworks, fireworks. Because we couldn't get them in Illinois. They were illegal. But Indiana, you could get them. So we would cross over <laughs> yeah. all the time. Chicago, that makes complete sense. You can't get fireworks, but you're allowed to shoot your AK-47 <laughs> yes. on July 4th up in the air. Well, it's a holiday. You want to yeah. let people know, uh, A, that you have a gun, B, that you're festive. Yeah, and B, that, C, that there's bullets falling and can kill people. <laughs> Fantastic. So pretty much just road trips as a kid, or did you ever go? What am I talking about? We went to Israel when I was four. Oh, well, now we're talking. Do you remember any of it? I don't remember much before I, five. I, I, I remember. Okay, if I watch old home movies, I totally remember it. Like I re- and there's a, there was a drink, and I forget my friend from Israel told me, oh, that's that drink. Whenever I have like a 7-Up, mm-hmm. and either it's slightly off, the syrup's slightly off, I totally remember being in, like, Jerusalem because there was a lemon-lime soda that everyone drank there. And I don't know if And maybe... it tasted, like, off 7-Up. Yeah, although when I was... 7 up was sitting in the sun old, for a little while. Yeah, when I was four years old, I didn't know what 7-Up... I right, probably right, didn't know right, what 7-Up. Right. So it was like a lemon-lime drink, and that totally... And then I remember I just talked to my friend, and they said, oh, that's the... Yeah. That's the chut <laughs> soda. And, uh, but my big thing was when I was... We went when I was four, and I remember two things. One... The Twilight Zone movie, the Twilight Zone episode with William Shatner. What thing on the plane, on the wing? The gremlin on the plane. Yeah, yeah. And then there was all this talk about guerrilla warfare, right? Vietnam, you probably... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a war called Vietnam. I've heard of it. Yeah. Another war that America lost. (laughs) We don't want (laughs) to get into the politics. No. Anyway, 
so on the news, all your, you know, you're, you're too young. I'm four years. I don't know what guerrilla warfare is. But you hear that, and then the movie The Planet Apes was coming out. Oh, you think? Well, the gorillas are at war. Sure. Yeah. And then I remember the news. Uh, someone PLO. You know, it was mm-hmm. right after the Six Day War, and there was like guerrilla warfare, Israel. So I had this horrible dream that I'm on the plane, and it was uh, these gorillas in Arab headdress. <laughs> On the wing of the plane? On the wing of the plane. And they, like, hijacked us. And my cousin Marvin, who was a judo expert, uh, saved us. <laughs> but I remember that. I remember climbing. I climbed Masada. Uh-huh. And I think because I was afraid of heights and I made my mom and dad climb. Um, and then we were there for we were there for eight weeks. I, I, eight go- weeks? Yeah. Now, you're going to Israel. I'm insanely jealous. And, oh, you haven't been back since? No. I really want to go back. Eight weeks is a long time to bring a bunch of well, was little kids. We were backpacking. <laughs> uh, no, my dad was uh, – I've got to ask my sister. My dad was either teaching or studying Okay. for the summer. It was for the whole summer. Wasn't was living on a kibbutz or anything like that? We visited a kibbutz, but we didn't live in a kibbutz. So, we, stayed at, we stayed in an apartment for a while, I think. Okay. And so – other than the uh, the soda and all these things, these are pretty much kind of vague memories from that. Uh, and Yad Vashem. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that, is, that? We shouldn't be laughing. That's the famous Holocaust memorial. Oh. But it's like, yeah, those are the three things I remember. Imaginary dream, a bad bad 7-Up, oh, and that Holocaust and the, memorial. And the Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Wailing Wall, <laughs> is that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to go back. And, you know, the food is the greatest. I love Israeli food. Okay. So that was your first trip out of the country. Yes. And did your family ever go anywhere after that? Like, uh, as a teenager, did they take you anywhere? Or were they pretty good about letting you taking school trips and go off on your own? And I never did that teen travel. Did you do teen travel tour? No. Yeah. No. I never did that. And, you know, both of us could have gone that birthright thing. I've only found out about this now. I know. You probably would have. They probably would have Again, probably, my name would have been enough, probably. Well, no, they would have probably sent you halfway. You would have made it to, like, Newfoundland or <laughs> something like the, that. I'd make it to London. <laughs> yeah. And then they go, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Find your rest of your way yourself. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't take advantage of that, which is ridiculous. Well, I wanted to fast forward. Oh. You've, uh, you stopped doing comedy in about 95. Yeah. And then you move out here. No, I was already, I was already out. Okay. Yeah. And then you start uh, making your own films. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be in one of your films. Yes, you were. Uh, Which now has a release date. Oh, it does? It's supposedly in April. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freeloaders is the name of the movie. The name of Freeloaders. Can people coming, find it somewhere online? I'm sure it'll be on a major, coming to a soon to a major airline near <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Um, but your first big movie. The Last Supper. The Last Supper. Yeah. With uh, a very young Cameron Diaz. Yeah. And a big well, we, cast. Well, we were dating at the time, so it was obvious. <laughs> right. A lot of people felt she didn't deserve the role, but. I felt well, weird to give it to someone else. I think this movie's kind of cool in the fact that it's also been performed live. People like take the script on stage, your script, yeah, and they do it in the theater. Yeah, when well, I've, that, I've, ad- when... I've adapted it for the theater. Okay, you yeah. you did that. Yeah. When did uh, when was the first time that well, you, su- it became a play? Like in '99, somebody from uh, somebody in Italy, a woman in Italy. Gave me $3,000, and I never heard from them again, which is weird. Normally, you would say, yeah, you can do the play. Right. I'd never hear from them again. No, they sent me the check for three grand. Then I never heard whatever happened. The first, then, then in Australia, 2002, here's a good travel story. Uh, they did a production in Melbourne. Okay. And then a couple weeks later, two different, one a university, one an amateur theater group in uh, Perth. Now you've been to Australia. I have not been to Perth. Is on the way on the other side. Right. The okay. most, say, they say, the most remote city in the world, I believe. Yeah, and me being, by the way, Perth. I would live in Perth in a heartbeat. Really, it's so cool and quiet and nice. It's just, and you feel like you're on the yeah, edge. of It's the a world. million miles from anywhere. Yeah, you feel like you're on the edge of the world. It's fantastic. <laughs> and after literally spending uh, a day at the Grove, like an hour at the Grove, and you just hear music and trolley sounds and... And sirens that we're hearing now? Yeah, you just want to leave. Oh, yeah, there it is. Nice neighborhood, by the way. It's great. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. That's Wait till the gunfire starts and the uh, the choppers. That's, that starts at 8.30, though, so we're... Yeah, yeah, we're early. So being uh, the idiot I am, I'm in Melbourne, and I read an email to the people in Perth going, Hey, uh, I'm going to be in Australia. I'm going to be in Melbourne for six weeks. Uh, I don't know, you know, exactly where you guys are, but if you have time for lunch, let's let's hook up. 
Oh, that they're going to drive over the 3,000 miles <laughs> yes. from Perth. Yes. That's like, that's like being in New York and calling somebody in San Diego, hey, if, hey, if you want to meet for lunch. Quick coffee? <laughs> so uh, they were nice enough to say not to write back, you're a complete idiot. Right. And they invited me to spend Christmas, 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 Christmas. Well. You all right there? Am I having a stroke? <laughs> Christmas, Chris, oh my God. Um, the the Chris Hanukkah and Ramadan in Perth. Okay. And this is for something. Now, did you go in the during their summer? Yes, that was their January, February. I, also, I spent Christmas hot, there and hot. I spent New Year's there. And it's so weird to realize, and I could care less about, I'm not, I'm Jewish, so who cares? But to be in a place, and I live in LA, but even in LA, it's cold. Yes. December. Christmas to them is July summer. 4th. It's a barbecue. barbecue. Yeah, it's July, it's July 4th. 4th. Yeah. And it was great. Like the big thing to do there in Perth is you go to the beach. They No, well, they screen Casablanca. In oh. like their big little Central Park. That sounds kind of cool. It was super cool, and uh, and they have a big giant barbecue and lots of drinking. Of course, it's why Australia. Casablanca not maybe a Christmas movie? I don't know because I, I have <laughs> no like, idea. We don't even know what snow is. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to. You know, Frank Capra means nothing to us. But it's weird because like Santa, you don't see pictures of Santa with heavy gear. He's wearing like shorts. Yeah, yeah, he's surfing and sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> he's with a wombat or something. I bet it's it, anyway. I, I love I love Perth. I could go. How long, how long did you stay there? Uh, about two hours. Uh, about four days. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But you were in Melbourne for six weeks. Yeah, I was uh, writing a really bad Australian movie with a hack thief of a stand-up comic mm-hmm. in Australia named Jim Owen. Okay. Yeah. Are we gonna get? Well, we're not we're not naming names here. Apparently. <laughs> no, no. It actually it, it, it's, his name's not Jim Owen. It just sounds like Jim Owen. Okay. I'm sure I'm pronouncing <laughs> it. Incorrectly. Just one word like share. Kind of. Yeah, I think it's um, it's Gaelic for hack. <laughs> so, could you live in Melbourne? Would you? Would you? Is Mel- that one of those? Did cities? you like Melbourne? It reminded me a lot of San. It's very San Francisco like. Yeah, the weather's a lot like San Francisco. The trolleys, I, the, you know, the streetcars and all that where, other stuff. Where's the, the place? The Prince Hotel. Uh, That's where I stayed in a uh, uh, Saint Kilda. Saint Kilda. Saint Kilda's. Yeah, I love. I like that area a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend enough time in Sydney, which Sydney's. I spent four days there. That's beautiful. Sydney's beautiful. And then I went, we went to like a, a hunter's lodge for a couple of days to write as well, which is weird. And it was robbed as soon as we left the place. Somebody robbed it. Of all the, uh, the stuffed animals? Yeah, just all, all the, the weird stuff. All and, the and mounted the, animals. Of well, the... And also the weird stuff is we had our own – we each had our own lodge, and I was too scared to stay in my lodge. So I stayed uh, with oh. Jamo in his lodge. But – and here's why. I don't know if you way to keep up that uh, manly Jew stereotype. Well, have you have you been? I mean, obviously, I wasn't in the outback, but have you been to the <laughs> like the countryside of Australia? Uh, yeah. Okay, because they have the most they have the most giant bugs. They first have of all. yeah. I think it's some crazy thing. Those they hunter have, the hunter spiders. It is amazingly harsh country. Like of all the of the ten most. Venomous snakes, like eight of them, are in native yeah, to Australia. All, yeah, they're all in Australia. There are plants on the outback. If you just brush up against them, and, they could kill you. Yeah, and it's, there's something about death and life there where it's just – I don't know if the words – if it's, I'm saying this right. It's not that it, life isn't precious there, but it's like everyone there has a friend, an uncle, a sister. Oh, yeah, I wish you knew an Australian accent. Yeah. Can you do Australian accent? But it's uh, always funnier. Well. It would be embarrassing. You're right. But it's always like – Oh, oh yeah, my little sister got killed by a crocodile. You know, <laughs> yeah, like like here it would be like the most traumatic thing you could possibly imagine. Right. And there it's like Well, I went she, yeah. you know, she deserved it. Went for a walk, well, you, you know, know, after 6. Yeah, you know that movie Open Water? Yeah, yeah. Sure. That, that they play that on the Comedy Channel. Hello. Folks. Come on. Hello. <laughs> but they're uh yeah, they just they don't care like you know, and I remember being in the lodge and I said something like uh Okay, this is a little creepier. What, what about that spider? Oh, that's not da- that one's not dangerous. That's not going to hurt you or whatever. I'm like, oh, and he was like, oh, but that one. Just make sure while you're sleeping, that one doesn't bite you because you could. <laughs> we're 80 miles away from a hospital and you'll die. Right. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm going to sleep in the air conditioned one next year. <laughs> but okay, so you did that in Australia, and they also did a version of the Last Supper in Buenos Aires. Yeah, I got to meet. You hooked me. It was it was oh, really gosh. nice of you. Before I went down there for 10 days. Yeah. And you gave me names of uh, actors yeah. who had contacted you, just some actress. Right, Mariana. Mariana, the most beautiful girl. Beautiful, Jesus. And, and uh, Malin, Mary Malin Kaminsky? Uh, oh, come on, you remember Malin. Yeah, 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 Malin, Melinda. No, I, 
Malin. Malin, Malin. Malin, yes. Malin, come in. We are Facebook friends. And you know who's coming to town? Her boyfriend, the big, tall uh, Yeah, what's, is, when's he coming? I don't know. I think he's coming soon. I just guessed. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he, but he I met was, a, He's I'm, funny, and, I, and we both... I went and saw... Yeah, so anyway, um, the actresses, Mariana's boyfriend at the time, yeah. was a uh, stand-up comedian. Is a stand-up comic. Is a stand-up comedian, and apparently pretty big yes. in Argentina. And so Did you when, see him with the girl Melina? Or with it just because now he team he's teamed up. With no, them. no, no. It, he was with a dude, like a little short dude. They didn't. It was the comedy. We went and saw them at uh, a place called the Cavern Club, which yeah. you know, of course, the, from the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And so it was Beatles stuff all over the walls. But they would have music, I guess, early, and then they were doing a late night comedy show. And I went with uh, Mariana and her friends, and so we. And it's all in Spanish. I don't know, but. You know, you do comedy long enough, you can watch him and go, okay, I can see... That guy's good. He's good. He's he knows good. what he's doing. I, I, I kind of got the gist of some of it. My Spanish wasn't... And, of course, with comedy, you know, it's all words and rhythm and... Oh, wait Really? That's an odd one. That's yeah. a news... I usually know the sirens. I can tell, like, an ambulance from a yeah. cop car, and that's weird. That's it's gangland It's stuff. a skill. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I could watch him on stage, and I go, okay. And then she would tell me the joke, and I would say, that's a good joke. Yeah, so I, it, I, I knew it was good. So, uh, but it's very an odd feeling of seeing, because I've been in shows, and I think you've probably done shows when somebody's there from a foreign country, right? And go, why, why, why are you here, sir? Right. Why? And obviously, he was probably dragged there. By... Speaking, I, I, did you ever do that Comedy Zone in Aruba? No, I did the Comedy oh, Zone. Not in for Aruba. lack of trying, I would have loved to. It. it was 1990. It was uh, for a month, the month of August in Aruba. You went for a month? Yeah, it was the whole the gig was a month. Oh, a month, month of, of August, hurricane yeah. season. Nice, yeah, real great. nice. No, but hurricanes don't. The happen. lowest tourist time. <laughs> no, yeah. hurricanes don't happen there because they're literally at the eye. They're in the eye. All, hurricanes come from there. It's where the trade winds start. That's in Aruba. Okay. Yeah, it's the Aruba, Bonaire, and what's the other one? There's three. Curacao. Okay. We're the oldest synagogue in the uh, Western Hemisphere. It's always back to the Jew always thing. Always back you. to the Jewish thing. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, we were performing there, and half the audience is from freaking Ecuador <laughs> or something. You know, they all speak Spanish. Unbelievably nice, lovely people, right? But if you just looked over to them and said, hola, they would applaud and laugh. Okay. So you're performing, you're doing, I'm doing my hacky stand-up, and then look over to there and go, hey, chimichangas, hey. Uh, uh, that, uh, funny story. Is that you? That, that's your chimichanga joke? Yeah. Funny story. That's a nice piece of business. Then. Funny story about Aruba. So you've probably done these like hotel gigs before. Oh, yeah. This is traveling. And, um, you know, it's a casino audience. You got, you got to start off. You can't right, right away start in with the... Political humor. You gotta. You gotta ease them in. You talk about the resort. Yeah, talk about exactly. you know, do your foreign stuff. And... So Aruba is a very small country. It's a small airport. So obviously, you know the airport first bits joke. are about Look at airport. that tiny airport. Yeah, yeah, everyone's been to the airport. So I'm like, uh, yeah, you seen the airport there? I mean, talk about your airports. I mean that that airport. Our pilot had a parallel park the plane. Ladies and <laughs> oh, you know, they don't. They Dan Rosen, ladies and gentlemen. They didn't have a tower. They they didn't have a tower. They had the Kiever Clubhouse with little <laughs> leprechauns. You know, anyone, everyone, ha, because it's a small airport. Then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, Como? No, the Ecuadorian crowd. No. There's no Como. There's, there's a. Uh, one radio station in town with a morning radio team or whatever, and all of a sudden it becomes this big controversy. Comedians come here and make fun of our country or whatever. So all of a sudden, the people working in the club, the bu- especially one particular busboy, <laughs> decided he hates me. And so and he knew my act, but they'd been there for two weeks already. Oh. And so at every punchline, he would like – He'd walk around with a bus thing and throw dishes in, like mm. literally on every punchline of my joke. <laughs> that was great. A month is way too long to be in one. It was place. a long time, and uh, that's just cheapness. They don't want to buy. They can only buy twelve flights a year. That's got to be it. It's got to be that. It's, yeah, yeah. Because the people come and go, but they only have to buy twelve. You right, know, twelve. Yeah, because every week you get a different crowd. Anyway, yeah. So almost every every couple of nights, it's like you get being a stuck crowd. in Vegas. Yeah. And people think, oh, wow, it's a beautiful – I'd go island crazy. By after the way, Usually on any island, I go a little nuts. Small world, that busboy uh, became uh, – that guy, Vandersloot. Albert I Pujols. I can't come up with it. <laughs> I don't know. The guy that killed Natalie Holloway. Yeah, did, okay. I was trying to come up with it. Didn't work. You can cut that. We'll fix that in post. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, that was Aruba. I always forget. I went to our, so I went, yeah, it was a big international trip. That was a long flight. But I remember. Okay, so there, and back to Buenos Aires for a second. That's another place where you came back and said I could live there. And you were considering it, weren't you, for a little like taking a year and like living the, in Buenos Aires? I could move to Buenos Aires. Yes. Couldn't you move, live in Buenos Aires? Could you live there? I could. I don't know about permanently, but I could do a year there for sure. I, I it was loved a great it there. city. It's a great city. I mean, everyone warned me about the crime, and there was never a moment. Well, there was one or two moments, but never really a moment <laughs> where you thought you were going to be. That, and that's the other thing. Like your parents always warn you. Like I don't know about your parents, but like you know, I. I live in New York, Baltimore, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, arguably four of the most dangerous cities in the world. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'd like be going to London. My mom would go, oh, be really careful. There's pickpockets there. Yeah. Really, mom? There's drive-bys <laughs> and where I, you know, down the street, on my street in L.A. You know, they're always like warning you like how – and then people here were warning, oh, my God, Buenos Aires, they're going to rob you in broad daylight or Well, whatever. South America is not London. I mean, it's a little. Right. It, it is a little more dicey. And the only thing that like maybe, Rio is, is and Brazil is is tough. I, I don't. I don't want to go to Rio. That just sounds too dangerous. It's great. Really? Yeah. And it's you know, and you like women, right? Yes, I do. Well, then you must I need go to, to go Brazil. Uh, and it's beautiful. A very pretty friend of mine just moved to Ecuador. Have you ever been there? I've not. I, I want to. She went to Quinto, Quinto, Q U I N T O, or something like that. Okay. Um, but I like to. I, I want to go visit there. But Buenos Aires, uh, you'd see these very poor kids right. in little gangs, and I, they seem a little aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I would always like cross the street. And I actually, I, I, you know this, of course, I broke my foot while I was in Argentina. Yes, and I got to experience the Argentinian healthcare system. Well, tell me about that. So fantastic! You just you just walked off a step or something, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. Talk about American uh, healthcare. I had gone to this doctor. Because I had a pain in my foot or whatever. And I kind of explained to her. It started hurting after I stepped into like this ditch thing on a walk or whatever. And all of a sudden I have tendonitis. I'm like, are you sure I have tendonitis? So she gave me this thing, spent $500 on these orthopedic things. This is in America. In America. Okay. And I go there. And of course, when I find out later, even when I came back and saw an orthopedic surgeon, I at that time must have had a hairline fracture in my foot. And if I would have just been diagnosed correctly, I would have been fine. But it wasn't diagnosed, so I was in a lot of pain walking anyway. And then I was walking down this fence. I think you went. Th- I think they took you to that amazing pizza place. Mm. There are a lot of amazing pizza places, but it's a lot of pizza. In the Buenos one Aires. on there, whatever that street is, that that's their Broadway. Okay, where the big theaters are. There's a big pizza place, just amazing pizza. And I'm walking down this grand staircase, and not only did I hear my foot crack, but like the diners downstairs, like they all oh. looked up. <laughs> oh my god! And then I had to make it down the stairs. Oh, so it's it's like two thirty in the morning on a Friday night, and I go to the emergency room. Now, here's the thing about Argentina and about everywhere else in the world. Well, two thirty on a Friday night, they're uh, they're probably just getting out of the house to go <laughs> yes. to go have dinner. They're just having they're just going to happy hour at that point. Um, brunch, brunch begins at eleven p.m. <laughs> and so I go to the hospital. For, they didn't take me to a public hospital; they took me to a private hospital. And of course, I'm th- okay. Now, how would how did do you arrange that? I mean, well, I was with all the actors from the show, so, so they knew where to go. They, they said, knew where to go. We don't want to go to the public hospital. Yeah, but not not because. And I later found out the public is it's exactly the same doctors. But if you're in Argentina, you don't have to be a citizen. You are treated like a citizen, uh, and you have every right of a citizen except voting. So in Argentina, guess what? Citizens get free healthcare. So they took me to a private hospital where you actually have to pay. Um, they don't. They they asked. I, I guess I must have given somebody my passport, but that was only because they needed s- some ID. I didn't have to prove I was mm-hmm. anything. Um, there was one other person waiting. I was in and out of the emergency room in forty minutes. Well, have you ever been in an emergency room? In like, <laughs> no. It takes you forty minutes just to, to get, get the nurse to, to sign you. Give up. you a clipboard to, <laughs> and the forms to fill out. Yeah, in and out in forty minutes. Um, and it was fantastic. I had these gorgeous actress girls that, you you know, Mariana, yes. who you met. Madeline, I think, was there. Uh, Stephanie was there. Just, you know, it's like I felt like Dean Martin. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they took the x-rays. Uh, my, so at private hospitals, you have to pay slightly. For all that, including the boot that they put your foot in. The crutches. The cane, the Percocet. Oh. Um, $113. Wow. In 40 minutes. In and out. In and out. That's, and that's then I nice. went back for the follow-up visit 
luckily I didn't have to have the surgery. And, you know, I went to see the doctor. They didn't ask for – they just – they had made the appointment that Friday night. They said, come back on Monday. Here's where you're going to go. I go to the go to the doctor who doesn't speak English. But he's, he's very little English, okay. but I had Mariana with me. And, mm-hmm. and um, so they translated. And, uh, you know, they met with him, took another x-ray, everything cool. I had to pay $30 or something like that. Or no, $13, sorry. 13 Yeah. And then they just say, okay, goodbye. So we start to walk out. And then I say to Mary, I go, do we have to pay anything? And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> so then we go to like the cashier and the cashier goes, oh, did the doctor give you a bill? No, he didn't give us a bill. And she goes, oh, well, just ask the, just ask the doctor whatever you owe and just pay him. So we go back to the doctor and she, he explains – he, he he wasn't like expecting any money, like, okay. <laughs> and they said how much, and he goes, uh, he does you know two hundred pesos, which is about twenty bucks, right? So paid that, and that was it. <laughs> and the great, the you can appreciate this travel story. I had used my miles to go to Buenos Aires, so I used it was very lucky twenty to go there, thirty to come back. Yeah, that's great. So, I think I did. I went off peak as well, yeah. and I think I I used forty. Right, I could have used forty if I had done it a little differently. Mm-hmm. And this is, I urge you for this trip. I got that travel, what's that travel insurance called? The, fa- the one oh, everyone. Oh, you can get it. I can't remember, but. But are you getting travel insurance for your trip? Yeah. Okay. I got travel insurance. I spent $97 the night before I left. Because I paid for that travel insurance, they, they ended up paying my $113. I don't even know if I sent that claim in. Like, yeah. But more importantly, they bought me a first class air ticket to fly home because the doctor marked off the box has to have his foot up. Oh, okay. For the flight. <laughs> nice. And, yeah, so I got uh. it. But not only that, I got the first class airfare, and I got to sit next to, um, what's the guy's, the director of uh, LA Confidential. Oh, I can't, I don't know, you know offhand. Guy. Oh, my God. How do we not know the name? Anyway, got to sit next to him for a while. Um, it was Mexican air, by the way. Not a great, it, it literally, it's like sitting in first class in Alaska air. I mean, it wasn't very <laughs> yeah. impressive. But But it's better than coach. Better than coach, and also more importantly, my thirty thousand miles back in my account. And you know that bullshit thing when you have to pay like one hundred fifty dollars to yeah. even change your thing. I did have to pay that, but I forgot when you pay when you get use the free miles now, you have to pay all the taxes. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting back fifty dollars because I had paid. <laughs> I had to pay like three hundred in tax, yeah, or something, and they gave me that money back. Ah, Buenos Aires, nice deal. Nice deal. Good steak, Buenos Aires. Oh, it's nothing but steak. It's great steak, fantastic I've wine. I've never eaten that much red meat in my life in a, in, in a 10-day period. Yeah. Fantastic meat. Um, great wine. Great food. Unbelievably cheap. The most yeah. expensive meal. I remember I took Maylin out for dinner. A bunch of us went out. And by the way, thanks for uh, continuing to defy these stereotypes by uh, naming the price on everything that you've done so <laughs> yeah. far. And... Um, <laughs> We went to a restaurant God. called Million, which is fantastic. I'm going to go a little bit further. You know, five-course meal, appetizer, a couple bottles yeah. of wine, dessert, blah, blah, uh, Outrageously priced at about $26 a person. Yeah. I ordered a, a – Really? Oh, there it goes again. Wow. I ordered the best meal I had done. I just went to some nice Italian restaurant when I was there. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at the menu. got a nice bottle of uh, the local wine, and it was really good. And uh, the whole bottle, nine bucks in a, in the restaurant. In the restaurant, right? In the restaurant, not a glass. Right. Yeah. The whole thing. And at first, I was just going to get a glass, but then I did the math in my head. I'll oh, bring me the whole thing. <laughs> and it was Actually, great. A, a glass. Uh, they bring you the glass, and they give you two dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I wonder if it's how it's doing that because I know the economy is tied to us. I wonder. Well, the if whole world like, is slowed pretty much. But, but I, I wonder mean, if it's still really cheap there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. God. As bad as we are, it's still a lot cheaper down there. I really want to go. I, I would love to go back. Asia and South America, you can get really good deals. Yeah. Um, Europe is just where it crushes you. Right. But you, uh, you did some film festivals in Europe, didn't you? Yeah, that is the best way to travel. Uh, Having them fly you out and put you up. And- <laughs> yeah. First, I, I remember my first – well, actually, my first trip to Europe was we were at the Skywalker Ranch. Oh, Doing sound. Let me pick up that name. Uh, doing the sound for Mr. George Lucas. Uh, oh. Doing sound uh, for The Last Supper. When we got this phone call from the can, actually an email from the can. No, it wasn't an email. I don't even know if they had emails. It was a. Um, a telegraph? 
How far back can we go? 94 and 95, um, and it was a pigeon, actually. <laughs> it was actually Walter Pigeon that oh, showed up, really? which is weird. <laughs> is that Walter Pigeon? No, that's Walter... Um... No, no, whatever. Go ahead. Walter Matthau? No. <laughs> the, the, um, so, uh, no, you're doing, um, you're doing uh, the old Western guy? Yeah, yeah. Who's it? Walter Houston? No. <laughs> yes, that's who you're doing. Walter Houston. <laughs> you're doing Walter Houston from Church of Sierra Madre. Anyway, so uh, we, they get a, there was a message on the machine. It was Good Friday weekend. It was a Cannes Film Festival saying they had watched The Last Supper. They watched half of it. And they love it, but the tape broke. And they can't. Make judge whether or not we're going to be in the festival or not, unless they have the tape. Now there was some, there was a mail strike going in in France at the time. Shocker! Mm-hmm. And because of a holiday, FedEx wouldn't get it there till after the deadline. The only way to get the film there was for someone to fly. And thank God, for whatever reason, I had my passport. I was the only one of the the director, her husband, one of the producers. I was the only one there with my passport. Because we were in San Francisco, everyone was back in LA. Okay, so uh, I was elected to fly last minute. You were a courier. I was a courier, and since I was going to be there, I might as well stay the week. I've never been there. Is before. it Cannes? No, this is uh, going to Paris. Okay, so uh, flew to Paris all by myself, didn't know anybody, <laughs> and spent the week in Paris and just delirious. It was fantastic. It is amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, had a great time, and then, um, but then when I went back, I I started going. I went to the London Film Festival. And uh, then where else? Did we, oh, actually, for Dead Man's Curve is when I got all the trips. Oh, we're, we won. Dead Man's Curve is another yeah. your second film. Yes, in the oeuvre. Uh, Starring? The second of the trilogy. Uh, Matthew Lillard, Carrie, a very young Carrie Russell, pre-Felicity. Okay. Yes. And uh, I'm very big in Europe. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> and the last – I'm like the Jerry Lewis of uh, American Indie Directors. And – uh, the Last Supper did very well in Europe, especially in France. And if you ever go to France, France, all the TV shows are a bunch of people sitting around drinking wine, talking politics. So that's what mm-hmm. The Last Supper is. And it won <laughs> this prestigious film festival called the Cognac Police Film Festival thing. Um, and it won that festival. And so when I made Dead Man's Curve, we were invited back and prestigious. We were the, I was the closing night film of the festival. Wow. And the Cognac Film Festival – now, unfortunately, my flight got messed up. There's a train, special train that leaves from Paris to Cognac. With, and, but I missed it because I was a day late. <laughs> they put you up in these Cognac mansions. Cognac is a family. They own the town. Ten mansions. You, you're put up in a mansion – um, I was in an adjoining room with Miss Jacqueline Bassett. Oh. Hello. Hello. Uh, the morning, they have this fantastic cook-to-order Bonjour. breakfast. <laughs> Bonjour, madame. <laughs> uh, and they have uh, cook-to-order breakfast every morning. I don't know what the price was. Sorry. Uh, five <laughs> oh, course, you do. Five-course lunch, seven-course dinners. With every course, they, you get you know, a glass of wine or cognac. As you walk out of wherever prestigious place you had lunch or dinner, they had a, a, an air show just for us. I was oh sitting next to the late, beautiful Marie-France Pizer, who died this year. Wow. French actress, beautiful. Other Side of Midnight was her bad American movie that mm-hmm. she did. Michael Lyonsdale, the guy from um, – You would. he was a Bond villain, but he was also in um, Ronin. Okay. And uh, – so it was super fun, you know, all these French actors, whether they had an air show. But as you walk out of whatever meal you have, they give you a number of bottles. They give you a bottle for each course that you had. You know, oh, you like you had the pigeon, so this is the <laughs> Merlot. It literally took seven trips to Europe to, like, because you can only bring, like, so many bottles back. I, I stashed them in a friend's apartment <laughs> in Paris and brought them back. And then what was really fun as a comic, um, you get to speak at the end, you know, to open your film. And I got to make a joke. Uh, About the size Eng- of the airport and yeah. the busboy <laughs> yes. ruined every punchline. Yes, in English. Uh, and the guy has to translate. So nothing is better than <laughs> – nothing is more terrifying than waiting for the translator seeing if you get a joke. So my, and you got to hope the translator does the emphasis on the right exactly. beat, gets, gets the cadence down. So my big joke was this. Well, my, like, my translator has no sarcasm. Yes. Come on. My joke was, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, what an honor to be here. You have to kind of speak. What an honor to be here at the festival. I'd like to thank the mayor, ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 you know, who I 
Matt and the Pierre Caffon, the producer, uh, the head of the festival, Monsieur Miguel, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff or whatever. But uh, most important, the, the most important person to me here at the festival, of course, Paul, let him get that out, is uh, – and I found out who – whatever the person's name was, Madame Chabot, whatever, blah, 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 who, of course, is the woman in charge of booking rooms – uh, for the festival, who was fortunate enough to book me in the adjoining room to Miss Jacqueline Bassett, who's like <laughs> sitting right up front. So I point to Jacqueline Bassett. Jacqueline and her husband and a couple English-speaking people laugh. <laughs> so, but now I have to wait. It's 300 people. Now I have to wait. Right. And, and thank God the translator nailed it. <laughs> well, it also helped that they saw you point to her and she laughed. So, yeah, so that they could see, well, there's a joke coming here. Something well, He said something funny. Thanks for taking away my enjoyment of <laughs> I'm something that happened you. to me seven years ago. I'm just saying it helped you. I appreciate it. I haven't had a translator there, although I, had have, uh, I have had a sign language person next to me. Weird. Like I've done shows. I, I think there was, there was one at a college I did where they had a, somebody signing. Or maybe it was a corporate event. It was really? a corporate event. Yeah, because how many deaf people go to a comedy yeah. club? <laughs> it, was a, it was a corporate, and they had somebody signing there. Unless you see the Gallagher. Yeah. Oh, God. That's a whole other story. <laughs> All right. Well, let's bring this thing uh, toward an end. I it like sounds to ask like we might them. be able to do a part two, because we haven't even gotten to the... Where else did you go? Well... The... Quickly, give, give no, us a no, rundown. No, 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 no. We'll have to do another show someday. Oh, we'll do a part two Well, there's sometime. a Salzburg split that happened. Me and my friends had a big argument in Salzburg. I have a big French fry smoking pot story in Amsterdam. What, have uh, you been hanging on to that? <laughs> hanging on? I got the... Hanging meeting, on to the good stuff? Meeting the hooker in Istanbul. Oh, I want to be brought back at some point. Uh, let's go with the Istanbul hooker story as quick as you can do it, or it's quick, you know, edit down to the, to the gems. Well... As if you were on stage. Can I give you the beginning of the Istanbul? Which you kind of are on stage. I'll give you the beginning of the Istanbul, Istanbul hooker story. No, if you... How long is it going to take? About 45 minutes. Um, that's what she said. And by the and way... And I'll decide whether to cut out one of your other stories. And it so costs go 50 ahead. bucks. Um... So I made it, so my good friend Kevin is uh, getting married to a beautiful girl named Asla, who's uh, I was going to say Istanbulian, Turkish. He's Turkish, um, and uh, so we have you. Been, you you're going to Istanbul. Yeah, I've you're never gonna, been. It's fantastic. You're going to be your top. And I the, there's the Chris Matthews story. Oh, you know that story, right? Just finish this one. Okay. Well, no. Ironically, Chris Matthews is the hooker that I met. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, we're me and this guy, a uh, friend of Kevin's Rick. We're we're at this bar. Uh, yeah, each night different festivity, different restaurant. The fam, it's fant- best trip I've ever had in my life. And uh, we're at this bar. This beautiful girl sitting at the end of the bar, named uh, Yasmin. Mm. Beautiful girl. So we start talking to her, and like you know, what do you, you know? You know, uh, you know. She asks us what I do, and I'm like, um, well, I'm a you know I direct movies or whatever. And she's like, oh. Movies, I love movies, and she starts talking very, and by the way, drop dead gorgeous, talking very intellectually about movies. Oh, my favorite uh, American films, not so much, but the, all the French and film, and like, and it was all about Truffaut and Georges Clouseau, my favorite director. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I am, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is the girl for me. And then I'm like, and, and I'm like, and, uh, and what, where, what have you been doing? She goes, well, uh, you know, I just lost my job. What was your job? And she goes, I was uh, helping people in southern Turkey. Uh, I was working with the Red Cross uh, doing, uh, you know, Red Cross, helping people, you know, lost everything and doing a lot of first aid stuff for the last two years or whatever. And I'm like, okay, this I'm, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to get engaged. This is this girl's a saint. And she said, what are you doing? No. And then I go, well, so what do you do now? And she goes, oh, I'm a prostituta. <laughs> and, and me and Rick, we, we both. We didn't just hear that, right? And then we realized, oh, prostituta must mean something else. It probably means agent in Turkish. Like, it probably means something <laughs> right. different. And we're like, what do you mean prostituta? She goes, um, what is it? Uh, I sleep, I sleep, uh, I have sex with men for money. And then, of course, I'm thinking to myself, I am definitely marrying this girl. <laughs> um, and that was, uh, that was Yasmin. Wow. And, and she goes from the Red Cross... To prostitution. Red Cross to Dan Rosen. <laughs> Trust me, she made more money with the Red Cross. Um, and then... Uh, smoking pot. Where right. were you? Where was this? Amsterdam? Amsterdam was smoking pot. Well, the Yasmin story... This is not done? No, there's a little bit more of the Yasmin story. Do you want to hear it? Okay, go ahead. So the Yasmin story... So 
I've never so she's met, a prostitute. I've never met a prostitute before. And what do you I mean you've uh, never met a really? I no. Have you ever met a prostitute before? Yeah, by accident. Really? Oh, your wife. Hello. Hello. So Hi oh. Um, so I uh so I invite her. What of course, what do you do with a prostitute? You invite her to hang out with the wedding party. <laughs> so we all hang out to like four in the morning, four or five in the morning. We go for a long walk. Oh boy. She tells me her whole story. She this is the third time. You know, she's only done it twice in her life, mm. and she uh, this money and blah 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 blah. Uh, we do kiss. I don't do anything else with her. Um, she then takes me around the next day. She shows me around. It's her day off, and it's shows her day off. She shows me around town, and we have a great time. Uh, then she has every day off. <laughs> yes, and uh, and then we stayed at. Now this is interesting. Wait, wait so you monopolized her whole night. Usually that's got to cost you something, even no, if you don't do anything. No, she didn't charge me. Didn't charge you've me. taken up all her right. time. And then uh, spent the whole day together the next day. And then she had told me she had told me the story that she she needs to make $500 so she can pay some nanny. Go to medical ag- school. Na- some nanny agency in Britain so she could go to Britain uh-huh. and I'd stay there. So I, uh, when I got home, I sent her a check for $500. Thinking I'd never see it or hear from her again. Okay. She did do the nanny thing, moved to Britain. I then saw her on a trip a couple years later when I was in Vienna, where she gave me the money back plus interest. She gave me $800. Wow. To leave it to a Jew to have a prostitute <laughs> and pay them that. Pay them the money. went back to money. <laughs> went back to the cash. <laughs> you gave a hooker $500. Didn't get laid. Didn't get laid. I and got a return. I ended on, up making $800. <laughs> I need to do more of that. That's a pretty good story. Thank you. Okay. And you're like, that's a pretty good story. Why did you wait an hour and a half? Yeah, no kidding. Now, quick the, quick the Amsterdam one, and then we can dismount this whole thing. Amsterdam's a little visual, but I'll try. Uh, first time in Amsterdam. You've been to Amsterdam? Yes. So you go to Amsterdam. Uh, met a friend of mine named Mar- Mariana and her DP friend, her documentary filmmakers, very good filmmakers. The Documentary Film Festival. And that's director of photography for all you sick people out there, DP. Yeah, cinematographers cool. as well. Uh, we're saying it, we met at the Bulldog. Do you remember the Bulldog? Yes, very famous pub. In, in the Hotel American Square, which I have to think because everyone hates America, they don't call it the Hotel American <laughs> Square anymore. <laughs> and um, we, you know, and it's great how you, you the, the, the coffee shops, you know, it's like ordering at Starbucks, you know, right. like whatever oh, hash you want, and yeah. the weed. <laughs> <coughs> and however you want it, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Talk for a second while I drink water. And oh, um, no, this will be cut out. And um, so we smoke a lot of pot. Shockingly, get a little hungry. No. Yeah. Now next door to the Bulldog, if you remember, is the Burger King. That's got to be the highest grossing restaurant in the history of the planet because <laughs> it's in the middle of all the coffee shops. Right. So there's a line around the corner. None of us is about to go to that Burger King. It's no one's going to wait. Good call. Right. So they start arguing about something like a lover's quarrel kind of thing. I literally float from the table <laughs> because, number one, I'm hungry, and two, I'm high. Really high. Yeah. I find myself – I kind of come to, and I'm in an alleyway somewhere naked. What? No. I'm in an alleyway. <laughs> there's a woman who's blood. trying to be a nanny in Britain. What? And I'm in line at a French fry stand. Remember how great the French fries? Yes. Yes. They are fantastic. In front of me is a guy, a local – Who's okay. buying his French fries? A Dutchman. A Dutchman. And by the way, mm, they don't like the tourists, do they? The Dutch, <laughs> not so. Mm. They'd rather have the Nazis back, to be quite honest. <laughs> they really they really do. We'll have to talk about the Anne Frank house on the next show. Okay. So uh, we uh, – what was it? It's a waiting line. The guy had just gone shopping. At, I never told the story. The guy had just gone shopping at the Gap. Okay. So he's holding a Gap bag. Okay. But not just any Gap bag. You ever like buy a – a winter coat at the Gap? No. They have those extra special, double extra large bags. Okay. So it's a big giant bag. And I guess to keep an eye on it, uh, you know, Amsterdam's not the safest city. He has put it on the counter as he's paying. This he, gigantic bag. Blue and white bag. As he's paying, the guy taking orders comes to me, sees I'm not Dutch or whatever, and says, you know, what, what do you want? I go, Fr- uh, you know, high as a kite. Fr- uh, French, r- French, French fries. <laughs> and he goes, great. What, what size do you want? And he, I go, uh, what do you have? And he points to three blue and white little bags. He's got the small, the medium, and the large. Next to the large, however, of course. The gap bag. The gigantic gap bag. <laughs> also blue and white. I look at all, what I think are four choices. 
I point to the gap bag and I go, um, I'll, I'll have the extra large, please. <laughs> and the guy goes, no, no, no. This is gap. Gap. This is gap bag. And I only do one voice. And I go, and I go, oh, right. Of course. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm high. Let me rethink this through. I then look at the four choices again, point to the gap bag and go, uh, I meant uh, double extra large. <laughs> the guy again goes, no, this is all true, by the way. No, no. I reach in my wallet. I just gone to the ATM. I have like 300 whatever their Amsterdamians, mm-hmm. whatever their money is. And uh, it's uh, Anne Frank, I think, on that thing. And uh, oh. they're called Franks. No, that's France. <laughs> yeah. And I and I, I give the guy the equivalent of sixty dollars. Oh, he gives half to the guy, the Gap bag, who looks at me with just the disgust that only the Dutch has for high Americans. Takes the coat out, coat out. The guy fills up the entire Gap bag with French fries. <laughs> so now I'm walking through the streets <laughs> of Amsterdam with a gigantic Gap bag of French fries. <laughs> you know, every now and then stopping and munching or whatever. Get to my friend's table, and they're like, oh my, it's been like a half an hour. They're like, right. oh my God, we're starving. Where have you been? And I go, no problem. I dump the bag <laughs> on the table. There is a mountain of French fries that lasted <laughs> literally seven and a half hours. <laughs> That's my Amsterdam getting high French fry story. And they're still probably talking about the American who came in and ordered a garbage bag full of <laughs> yes, French fries. Bag of French fries. <laughs> so. <sighs> Your favorite city for nightlife. Oh. Oh, is this like the final questions? Yeah. No, we're wrapping it up? We're wrapping it up. Can I ask you what yours is? No. Detroit? <laughs> Eight Mile? Baltimore. You know Isn't how that I weird? Baltimore? Have you seen The Wire? No. Oh, that was like my high school. Um, <laughs> wow, for nightlife. It, it's got to, you know what? It's got to be Buenos Aires, right? It's either Buenos Aires... <laughs> Buenos Aires is great. I'll tell you one thing about Istanbul. I'll give you a little advice. What's great about Istanbul, another very late city, and what's awesome about it. Have you ever smoked a hookah? Yes. Okay. Two things about Amsterdam. The, every, the, Istanbul. We're Istanbul. talking about Istanbul. Yeah. I call it Constantinople. Oh, you go old school. With there's, it. Sure. there's all these streets. Okay, before we get to the hookah and the nightlife, just give me this one last thing. They have these weird um, shopping areas. Did you hear like a stomach growl? No. Okay. These weird. No, I'm looking at the time. Oh Jesus. These weird... hello, Mike. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. What? There you go. Okay. I'm there. These weird like they'll have like a whole block of stores that sell the same exact thing. And when I say exact, and, and it's not like a big item. Like it wouldn't be. Oh, here's this. Here's a street where you get um, Whirlpool dishwashers. Mm-hmm. No. Here's a street where you get the ring that you put into the dishwasher flange unit <laughs> it's like very specific right like oh here's where you buy the dryer basket and here's 17 stores is also the same exact basket <laughs> for the same exact price and there's and the same thing with hookahs there is a like a hookah mile, street there, yeah there's like a mile long it's all cafes they have to be owned by the same person <laughs> I mean, there's different checks and different waiters. It's got it. There's, I mean, there's the same. It just overlaps into one of the literally a mile long. So it's Istanbul is fantastically fun. You go there and you smoke uh, the hookahs and you play backgammon and talk politics with all the locals. Fantastic. It's right up your alley. Yeah, and uh, Buenos Aires. I mean, come on. Favorite airline. I'll do it easier. Least favorite airline. Frontier. <laughs> Frontier, we've got a couple Frontiers on Frontier is pretty bad. Uh, surprisingly, Southwest, uh, I've been impressed with not a couple, last couple times. Uh, Air New Zealand, well, Vir, Vir, I got to fly Virgin Premium once. You like them? That was pretty good. Okay. Uh, Lufthansa, I got to fly first class, and they were literally like Nazis. <laughs> they were horrible. I'm flying them soon. They were horrible. I mean, I mean it, it, it's... Great food and uh, Air France, right? Is pretty great. I mean, all the European. What are you? The hell? I'm adjusting myself. Um, Air New Zealand to Australia was pretty good. Uh, Virgin America, I just think, is the greatest. Okay. And vir- virgins, yeah. I mean, what's better than virgin? Favorite country for women. Let me break that down. Favorite city. <laughs> okay, city. Strangely. Can I, I can't give you three again. Montreal, deceivingly. We've gotten a couple of Montreal. Oh, my God. Just the most beautiful-looking women Interesting. in the world. Uh, 
a lot of pretty girls in Melbourne and Sydney, for Christ's yeah. sakes. Yeah. Buenos Aires. The thing about Buenos Aires, let's talk about this. There, Buenos Aires, no one is stunning except for Michael Bublé's wife. Right. Like, <laughs> the, but the average in Buenos Aires is... It's a high average. A I would really agree with that. Average. I would agree with that. I'm like... Like when you talk like about Bra- Rio, I in Bria, in Rio, in Brazil, I mean, there was like, oh my god, like tens walking yeah, around. You, and you're just like, this is incredible, right? Um, but Buenos Aires, Buenos Aires, like, everyone's like an eight. Ten. Yes, everyone. Yes, but there's very few fours. You know what very I mean? Few, it's yeah. just very yeah. Um, I can see where you're going with that. Finally, when we all oh no, <laughs> we've all met people that don't travel much or are afraid to or anything like that. Yeah, what do you tell them? To convince them, no, you should get out and see more things. What does travel mean to you, and how do you interest people in it? How do I interest people? Uh, well, clearly, my I think your favorite thing to do is travel as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't travel, you you don't. To me, you don't live if you don't travel. You have to see the rest of the world. I mean, you have to go to Rome. You have to have pizza in Rome. You have to go to <laughs> Venice. And what do they eat in Venice? What's the big? Is it steak in Venice? Probably pizza as well. And you have to go to Paris and have pizza. My bottom line is this. Eat a lot of pizza is what I'm saying. Go to Chicago. Have pizza. (laughs) Have pizza. But, I mean, if you don't – there's so much to see. And the biggest – the bigger complaint is people don't travel because it costs that much money. Yes. Okay. So my mom – And finally, we wrap it up with money. (laughs) My mom, the best advice – a lot of great travel advice from my mom who didn't – who traveled, you know, went to Budapest, went to Israel Mm -hmm. a couple times. But like her big thing was a very I, – I fly, I fly uh, carry-on everywhere. I flew to Europe for six weeks, carry-on everywhere. Oh, yeah, me too. Got to. Her big thing was take half as much as what you think you need, twice as much money. It's good advice. It's really good advice. And whenever You can I, always buy whatever you, you need wherever buy. you're at. And especially nowadays, you know, the world, like, come on. You can go to a Japanese Istanbul. I mean, yes. you can – you can get T-shirts anywhere. You can get deodorant. And you can go to ATMs now, yeah. which has changed everything. Yeah, you can get deodorant anywhere. You can get toothpaste anywhere. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but also uh, – and so that was a big advice. And she would always say, you know, the real cost of travel is just the plane. And that's usually where you can get the cheapest thing. I mean the plane and the, and the hotels obviously. But she would always say, you know, you, got, you go out to eat all the time in L.A. or New York, wherever you live anyway – Right, so you're going to spend money eating out, and sometimes when I when I go to Europe, I I feel like I spend less money going out. Strangely, well, Europe still is is a little tough, but I I always say that to people that you know when they say, oh man, you're going to Buenos Aires for ten days, how can you afford to do that? I said I will spend more money in L.A. Oh yeah, for easy. ten days, easy. My my flight was free, like you said. I used miles. Yeah, so I rented well. an apartment there for ten days. For fifty bucks a night, I spent seven hundred. And I went shopping. There was a little grocery across the street. Right. I'd buy like fruit and stuff for breakfast, lunch. I would always just grab something on there, and then dinner. Like I said, a nine dollar bottle of wine. The the food probably costs okay. six just, seven bucks. I, I had breakfast today at Lulu's Cafe. It cost me twenty dollars. Yes, I, I I could go. Buenos Aires. I could easily spend twenty dollars a day, and that's it. Yes, and do pretty pretty well. And that's that's at least one meal eating out, mm-hmm. and including having something for breakfast and something for lunch. Yeah, that, I always try to, you know, ease people's minds about that. They were, oh, how can you afford that? I said, you just went to Vegas and spent two thousand dollars in a weekend. Right. You know how long that would last you in Thailand or wherever. You know, yeah. it's just like they don't. They... You and your girlfriend just went to the movies and got popcorn and had dinner afterwards. You spent one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> exactly. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dan Rosen, it's been a pleasure. It's been about two hours is what it's actually Well, been. that was Jeez. up to you. Apparently, you were holding all the good stories till the end. Sorry about that. <laughs> Very special episode. Where can people find you? And they want to see your movies? <laughs> or, well, I'll be on at... On your uh, upcoming appearances, I'll you'll be, be at Yuck Yucks and... and You'll be at Uncle Chuckles. In Edmonton. Well, look... You want to plug any movies? You're looking for... Look out for Freeloaders. Freeloaders. That I believe will be opening on April 11th and closing... Later that night. <laughs> With a small appearance by yours truly, With Mike, Mike Siegel. Who, well, no. Well, wait. Oh my, did you cut me out of it? I didn't Son cut you out. The, the guy who took over the movie cut part of you out. Oh. Did he cut all of you out, though? Oh, I don't know. The, the screenings I saw was still in it. 
Yeah, because you saw my version. Oh no, their version. You're you're oh, still in no. it. Oh no, you're in like what? You got to take it off the resume. You're in like you're. It's half your scenes cut. I think. No, oh, okay. He's an idiot. They cut the punchlines out. But you know, the so Last look Supper, on, Dead Man's Curve. You can always find uh, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Last Supper, Dead Man's Curve. Yeah. Dan Rosen, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Siegel. Thanks, Dan. Man.